What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or you're a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now. You can binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's get to the Fight Game Podcast. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Today, we are brought to you by Manscaped, new sponsor, and BetOnline, our old friends uh, at BetOnline. And, of course, also with me tonight, John LaRocca. What is going on? Doing good. How are you? Uh, Not as good after watching the Dodgers beat the pants off of the Giants yeah, tonight the opening week. night yep. of baseball. Watch the same thing. Wheels fell off. It was pretty bad. All right. So a couple of uh, website stuff, uh, website news to to get out of the way. So the Rocky Four podcast is out. And I think this one is probably the most interesting one that we did just because Rocky Four as a movie is pretty polarizing. A lot of people love it. A lot of people think it's, you know, a, a superhero movie or... <laughs> Like, you know, it's not realistic. Of course, it's not realistic. But it's also the one that sort of stays in the pop culture the longest, I feel like. I feel like there's more memes and more things about this movie than any of the other ones. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the... I think the one I always think about. That and probably one in three, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Duane and I uh, put that one up. And uh, so, you know, we are at four and... There are going to be nine, so we're almost halfway there with this uh, summer mini-series podcast. Also, uh, our buddy Carlos Toro, who was with me uh, after the Extreme Rules recap, or after Extreme Rules show, he was with me on the Extreme Rules recap podcast. He's going to... We talked about him writing. He's already written his first thing, Showtime... And PBC had a conference call uh, on Wednesday, and he posted about that. He analyzed all the fights that are happening. Really good piece, and you know, Showtime and PBC they got a they got a nice they got a nice card, uh, a nice group of cards. Though they're trying two pay per view shows, which kind of tough. I know the UFC is doing really good with pay per view, but it's because they're loading up these shows. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that. Uh, the Charlo brothers are necessarily going to sell 500,000 pay-per-views. In fact, I would be so surprised if they sold 250, but you know, it's an, it's a, they, they need to get stuff out there. So, uh, that article is up on fightgamemedia.com and, uh, also an article that we're, I, we're going to talk a little bit about, which is, uh, Paul Fontaine wrote his, Letter to WWE's tapping out. Such a fan, like a, such a diehard loyal fan. And I think he's going to start avoiding the main roster TV. Still loves his NXT, still loves his um, 205 Live. So he'll still be watching those. But he's tapping out for the meantime 
on Raw and SmackDown. And, you know, I've done the same thing, except I think I, I, I watched uh, the last two kind of the road to WrestleMania. I was watching Raw's for the last two years. But other than that, I haven't really watched at all. So I get it. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit in the uh, the second topic of tonight. Uh, and the first topic, you know, we talk a lot about the negative of the, you know, the the promoters, you know, Dana McMahon, Dana McMahon, that was funny. Dana White says something goofy and, you know, we talk about it because it becomes news. Vince McMahon, you know, reacts to something and we kind of talk about it because it's, it was news. But I wanted to talk about Dana White for the sole purpose of just giving him some credit because, you know, I think, you know, he he's still anti-mask from, from what we understand, but... You know, his promotion is running a very straight uh, system when it comes to preventing as much as possible COVID-19. And yes, they've they've had to go to uh, the uh, the UE to do so. Um, But I think, you know, even though his hand was sort of forced to run shows this way. And and maybe, maybe even if it wasn't forced, he would probably still run it straight. He was running the Vegas stuff fairly strictly and safely. But the fact that he has been able to get out ahead of this and really be the first sport back and, you know, WWE and AEW continued running um, probably to the detriment uh, of uh, of safety, but they did. They didn't stop running. Now uh, the UFC did take a pause, and they sort of figured out what they needed to do in order to come back. And and if you are Major League Baseball, or you're the UF or uh, NFL or NBA, you can look at what the UFC did and go, okay, like we can use some of what we, what they did, you know, the quarantine times and how many tests you have to pass in order to get, you know, to get out of quarantine and all that. And, and, you know, there's something about being first. And I think that, that I think there's something to applaud him for. And the fact that his partner ESPN has got to be ecstatic as far as the pay-per-view numbers have been now lesser for the TV ratings, like the TV ratings haven't knocked anybody, anybody's socks off, but the pay-per-view numbers have been tremendous. They're, they're running shows. They're, they're being a great partner. They're fulfilling all of the, you know, the weekend slots that ESPN has for them. And I just think, you know, whether you like him or not, you have to, kind of tip your cap to him as far as what he's done because first and foremost you know the UFC the way that their contracts work like these fighters were not really going to get paid unless they had shows and and that was a big deal and and now that they're able to to run run a lot of shows you know the fighters are, are reaping a little bit of those benefits though you know say what you will about those contracts probably not not the greatest contracts but um you know I just, I just wanted as I was watching MLB and I'm watching NFL like fumble this whole thing, and the NBA, their model is is pretty similar to the UFC's model for this, this these last uh, couple weeks uh, uh, in Fight Island. 
And it's just, you know, they, they, I, I just thought they did a really, really good job with Fight Island. And, you know, I often don't commend Dana White for things that he's done or things that he said. But I think this was just worth commending. Just uh, did a really good job with this whole Fight Island thing. And hopefully when they come back to Vegas, which I'm assuming is, is where they're coming back to, uh, that, you know, that 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 it continues the the safety and just running these things without you know, these outbreaks and, and everything. I think it's just uh, it's just really solid work from that whole company. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing doing good all around, the success. And, you know, I was surprised. I, I, I thought maybe because of, you know, a lot of people being out of work and, you know, not having the money to maybe afford a big pay-per-view. But as we see, people are starved for at least uh, and their mixed martial arts. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think that's, I guess it's with that, that played out a lot differently than I thought. So, I mean, what they say, one point three million for that last pay per view was pretty pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I mean that number that's out there. I don't know. If I mean, it official. probably isn't one three, but it's probably one one, yeah, and that's yeah. still great. You know, um, you know, it, it's uh, I, I it's it's one of those things where. I, I, I look at, you know, sometimes I, I don't look at the UFC as like a real sporting league, right? Because I'm so fundamentally a basketball fan and a football fan and a baseball fan. So those are kind of on the pedestal. But the UFC is really popular to a lot of casual sports fans. Oh, yeah. and, and it shows. And, you know, I, I, I hope for wrestling to be there again, you know, one day where, you know, they can do the kind of business that that the ufc is doing uh you know wrestlemania they get there they get close you know every wrestlemania um but you know just yearly it just seems it just seems like the ufc is really kind of the kind of showing out a little bit this this pandemic so uh, okay so the other thing we wanted to talk about um based on paul's article his letter to wwe it just made me think and you know this isn't this isn't just me kind of picking on on WWE, it comes to me. It's really based on that Extreme Rules show, which I thought was maybe the one of the bigger disgraces of, of a major show that they've put on in quite some time. I just just so many things about that show left a bad taste in my mouth, and it was at, at all not the fault of the wrestlers because the wrestling was good in the matches that were allowed to to be good, but. The finishes, the just the over over creative, just the what they were doing and what they thought their audience wanted with the swamp match and with the eyeball match. I just want like, you know, when, when you see a show like that, you go you as a, as a fan, you sit there and go, is it me or is it them? Like, where is the disconnect? Mm-hmm. It, have I outgrown the product? And is it my fault? Or are they just putting on something that is really, really bad? And, you know, I, I do that self-check. Sometimes I just go, you know, maybe I've outgrown this thing. Maybe it has passed me by. You know, I'm 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 still in the 18 to 49, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm on the closer end of, uh, uh, of the top end than I am at the lower end. And... You know, I, I I did really think about that, and I thought, you know what, this is this one is not on me. This is not me. You know, not being able to connect with this product. This is that show and the current product absolutely not co- connecting with a lot of the fan base. 
And so I was just like thinking like what, like, like for me, again, this is very selfish because I only know, you know, I only know what I like. I don't know what the casual audience likes or whatever. Uh, but I was just thinking like some of the things like what, what would make me be interested in this product uh, and maybe even want to watch Raw and SmackDown again. And I was just wondering your thoughts too about that. And we can go through some of the things that I just wrote down on the list. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> I really hated about this Extreme Rules show is Sasha and Asuka was an awesome match. Everything you would have, everything you want out of a title match. You know, it's it's not the main event, but it was the match that I was looking the most forward to. And they had such a junk finish that it almost ruined the entire thing. And so... Dave Meltzer reported the next day that Vince had a winner, changed his mind, and then so they had to kind of undo what they did with to to have the finish that that they did, which is uh, you know Sasha kind of walks out of the out of the the match as the champion, but only because Becky put on the referee shirt and counted, and the referee was knocked out. So like in in that in that whole thing and the whole finish, like nobody got over. Yeah, like the referee looked bad. Sasha and Becky, they didn't get over. Asuka looked like a, a goofball, and it, it it seems like it stems from the fact that you know Vince changed his mind, and so it made me you know think, gosh, like what what would it take to go back to building things out even two to four weeks in advance and sticking to it? So even if the story isn't great the fans don't feel insulted by what they watched because you know if you if you do something that doesn't connect with the audience but at least it's logical i think fans can live with a lot of that but it's when we feel like we get slapped in the face like with that kind of finish after such a great match that is what i feel is just like such a turnoff and i wonder if they turned off, you know, how, how, how much, how many hardcore fans are they turning off? We know the ratings are, are dropping at a, at a, you know, at a much steeper level than I would have thought, even though some of it is definitely blamed on the pandemic. And maybe they, maybe the second fans come back, those ratings go back up a little bit. But I just like, you know, can you give me a logical wrestling show that I can depend on and that I can count on? Because on a Sunday night, at you know four from four to seven, I'm basically giving you my three hours saying, okay, I'm I'm investing in you. All I want to do is not feel like an idiot for watching mm-hmm. the show, and I felt like an absolute idiot for watching it. Yeah, well, I, I remember I, I texted you. I I was you know rocking my youngest Kaylee to sleep, and I was like, oh, throw it on, it's gonna throw on Extreme Rules. But I was so tired myself, I ended up falling asleep as well. <laughs> but when I woke up. I saw the finish of the Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins match, and I was done. Honestly, yeah. I turned it off. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this. I don't want to watch. No, you know, no disrespect to the wrestlers, but I'm not gonna watch the Swamp Thing. I think I've hit my peak with these cinema matches. With I think WWE's hit their peak. You know, I yeah. think it's been yeah. it's it's now it's we we talked about this too with the success with Boneyard. It's just gonna do more of this, and then it's gonna get. You know, out you know, even more outrageous and stupid, and I think it's affecting them. I think it's affecting Raw. It's affecting SmackDown. I think 
what happens is Raw and SmackDown with the interest, um, you know, like I said, the ratings dropping a little. It also affects NXT, you know, bleeds to NXT a little bit. And yeah, they did not do a good. No, they, 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 there was worst rating of the uh, of the pandemic uh, as far as um, I'm sorry, second worst overall number since the pandemic started. And you know, third worst, uh, 18 to 49. And, and I, I mean, I don't know why, like there was nothing on that show that was an absolute turnoff, but it might be some residual effect yeah. from just WWE's bad few weeks. Yeah. I was talking to my buddy about this and, you know, we, we had a really deep conversation about wrestling and, and we talked about WWE and I just think, I think they need to get back, go back to the basics. And I don't know if that's exciting for a television writer. Right. But I think, you know, let's get back to the basics. Let's start building people up. Like in this pandemic era, you know, we can also throw in some squash matches, you know, get some guys over, get some heat, some people up. Um, you know, how can you watch a show like raw and be like, man, I really, I really like that, you know, uh, uh, Andrade and I really like, you know, Garza and I, you know, there seemed like a really great act, but then they lose every other week. Right. And, you know, people are just, Winning one week, losing the next week. Winning one week, winning next week, and it's it's they, they bring someone back and they make a big debut, and then they lose next week. You know, like like no one gets any momentum, and I think it's just time to kind of look, go back to the, some of the basics that worked in the past because they still work today. You know, and just build people up and build big matches. Cut back on this this gaga and goofiness, and there's just too much of it. Like the swamp thing match or whatever the swamp match. Like I didn't see it. I don't know if it was good or not, but come on, let's just stop this. Let's, you know, we have SummerSlam coming up. Let's just go back to basics of building up matches that we want to see and give finishes. Okay. So that, so that match on, um, with Sasha and Bailey, I didn't see a finish. I read about the finish. That's something you do on TV to build to the special event, big match, right? I don't even know if I call them pay-per-views anymore. Just on the network, right? The big special event on the network. You could do a finish like that maybe on TV, cause, but then but then you, the fans know, okay, I'm going to need to tune in on that Sunday, big event mm-hmm. to see the finish, right? Who's going to come out of this? I think maybe Vince might have thought like, hey, let's stretch this out and you guys figure it out, right? You know, I think that's probably his, his mindset. Like, how can we stretch this out? And you know he left up the right. I guess he made the writers. <laughs> I don't know who messed yeah, that he, up. But he he's. I mean he's not signing off. Like he has he has to sign. I know. I know. Every every finish off, doesn't he? Yeah, I would think so. I know he's pretty micromanaged like that. But the, the the one thing that I haven't seen that has been mentioned a lot about the end of that match, and Carlos and I mentioned it, mm. is uh, Sasha's hair piece or the. I don't think it was extensions. I think she may be actually wearing like a, a wig. Mm-hmm. Um came out it, it it came off and it kind of threw the timing of everything off because i think there was a little bit of a panic attack because mm-hmm. i don't think oscar actually saw that it came off so oscar's like putting her in a choke and it's like pulling it off even more um but that was also something that threw off the timing so th- that finish was never going to work but i do think that there was a timing issue because of sasha's hair you could see her kind of like try to be really calm through it but it's it it had to be super frustrating yeah but like i said that that's that's what i would do that's what i would suggest kind of go back to the basics and just build you know build people up and try to build big matches like i mean the rumor you know, for summer slams what drew and randy orton right 
mm-hmm. and that's a hell of a match. I mean, that's a match I want to see, but let's let's build it correctly. Let's. I mean, I think they'll be taken seriously, but but still apply that to other stuff. Like still apply that to your tag titles, your Intercontinental title, etc. And, and I know it sucks too about these. And it's been we talked about this for a long time. Like the Extreme Rules pay per view is just just a show filled with gimmick matches over gimmick matches. So they do ridiculous things every year. So I would also start cutting back on these themed type of shows and, 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 and use, make the hell and cell special again, make elimination chambers special again, make a, a ladder match, you know, special again. So the, that, that is my third point. And so I'll just kind of add what, what you just said is if next year, we are still in a similar situation where, you know, maybe fans aren't coming back or, or if they are, they're not back full time. Let's cut back the 12 shows a month or I'm sorry, a year that are these special shows. And let's cut back to five, because if part of the reason why the uh, the Extreme Rules card, you know, when we were talking about is, is Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus on the card or not? I think it was supposed to be, but then, you know, they, they, they know that their ratings aren't good. So they wanted to save something good for SmackDown. So I think that got changed to SmackDown. And so if you're already doing that, why don't we, instead of having 12 shows, why don't we do five like we used to? And you can peak some of that other stuff or bring a Hell in a Cell match to the main event on Monday Night Raw. Or you know you're building you have you have uh, you have three months until the next pay per view. So for the first month and a half, let's build to a special Raw or a special SmackDown, and maybe you can pop ratings out of it. But I just think force feeding the Extreme Rules, the Money in the Bank, the Hell in a Cell, force feeding all of those shows, and then having to create storylines to fit those shows it's been bad like it's been bad for a long time sometimes they you know sometimes because the work rate can be really good you know we'll get a really good match out of it and we'll be like okay that wasn't that bad but just the 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 storyline and the build-up and all that is often not uh not the best i think because they're sort of forced into a corner with this stuff yeah yeah and that's that's why i really like enjoy i really enjoy nxt because you know they build to TV matches that are that feel important. Like just last week, you know EO and Tegan, right? They had they had a nice, I mean, nice build. The four way that Tegan won wasn't that great, but you know the promos the week after, you know, grabbed my interest again in that match, and then and they had a good match too. So I think stuff like that really works, and I, I agree with you. I think they can scale back on some of these. Uh, uh, big events, but you know, I don't know how, you know, there's a network though. You gotta, you gotta serve that beast too. And, but it's, it's like, they're not doing a good job of that either. I know. I know. I just, there's, there's, there's too many shows. There's too many big shows. Like we can, we don't need extreme rules in July. Right. We, yeah. <laughs> we could definitely skip that one. Yeah. Um, and the last one, and then we'll, we'll move on. And I, I'm going to open this up to our, uh, to our podcast group, uh, folks on Twitter who are following us at Fight Game Media or at Laraka JL or at Rohiblius, you know, let us know like what what if you are a fan and you're getting frustrated or I mean I just talked to somebody today, my buddy Miles, who uh, you you would have met Miles at um, I think 
one of the Cow Palace shows, I we we ran into him and said, "What's up?" Uh, he, you know, he's he's an on and off longtime WWE fan, and he gave him another shot uh, just recently, and then watched Extreme Rules and was like, "Nope, I'm out." It's like that that Simpsons meme where the guy walks in the house, puts his hat down, then just turns around and walks back out, takes the hat and leaves. Like that that was Miles. So, uh, Twitter, uh, our Facebook group, um, you know, I, I'm interested. Like, what would what would be a couple of things that would please you, the viewer, and that would maybe change uh, some of some of these bad feelings for you. Because the last one for me is, and now this is a little bit of a of a synergy thing because I do enjoy NXT, but give NXT viewers a reason to follow their favorite to Raw or SmackDown. Don't take Ricochet in NXT and then send him to Raw and then you get sick of him and then he's done. Like, you know, use use them for what they are, which is an ability to create a new star, because that is one of the things that is also sad is, you know, who, who's who's for Drew? Oh, Dolph. Like, I've seen Dolph in that role eight times. And and Dolph is good and he had a good match. But I'm I never buy him because of the fact that he goes in there and he fails and then he's gone and then he's gonna come back and he fails and he's gone. You know, utilize some of these folks who, you know, quote un uh, quote end quote graduate from NXT. You don't have to put the you know put the rocket ship on all of them, right? That it doesn't work like that. But if you gave the NXT fans a little bit of uh, faith that the the person they just rooted for all throughout you know the last two months on NXT you know let's use Adam Cole as a, as an example and then when they go to the main roster how about let's let's show the NXT fan that they were not watching uh for 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 a wrong reason and Adam Cole goes right up to that show and is already like a main dude mm-hmm. Instead of what they often do is, okay, he's going to come and then he's going to, you know, he, he, he's going to, or she, you know, Shayna, we, we, we can definitely talk about Shayna. We're going to give them a little bit and then they're going to lose and then they're going to have to eat shit for six months and then we'll see what they got after that. Like that thing is, that is so old and I, I want, and, and maybe if you, maybe if you build that trust between NXT and the main roster, maybe you can get the raw folks and the smackdown folks who don't watch nxt maybe they would watch nxt because it's like you know you and me going to a san jose giants game because we want to see the guys who are going to be on the big team in two or three years maybe it would create a little bit more of that back and forth and they could actually use the use that audience to build the nxt audience a little bit more though you know there's a lot of those folks who are watching nxt anyways but i just i just wish you know as an nxt fan i want to see uh the revival go up and just like be studs and and you know they were doing a little bit of that at Survivor Series right and that's that's why it felt a little hot because it's like uh oh Survivor Series NXT is like right you know right with Raw and SmackDown uh, Rhea Ripley Keith Lee and then it was like okay the build to WrestleMania is over we can treat everyone like we were treating them previously yeah. so go more the Kevin Owens route with the yeah. with the NXT call up then not with everyone of course but like you know like if you have a special talent coming out of NXT that you know like a Adam Cole or a Matt Riddle like you know make sure you 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 
take care of them and and, and build on them and, and add some new life to these shows. And that's what they need. I mean, like I said, like, you know, I don't want to see Andrade and Garza get beat every other week. I want to see them progress and, and, and move up, you know, and, and so new talent coming up, you know, don't do that to them. You know, don't, don't shoot their foot before they start running, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's what I want to see WWE in the future. I think they, I think they really need to sit down and be, okay, things are still slipping here on our, on our, on our ratings and what's, let's change course. We've done this, this, a lot of this gaga and goofiness is maybe our fans aren't the ones that like this kind of stuff right let's just get let's get back to some serious wrestling yeah i mean you've already fired Heyman, so you can't fire him again mm-hmm. you know, well, you know so, bruce is next for sure he's a i mean but what if, if you fire bruce who does vince trust i know i don't i don't know i'm just saying you could fire a million people until you finally have to come to agreement and say hey let's exactly. just do something different no i i hear you okay uh, we'll, we'll get off of that. Like I said, if you got, if you have feedback, you know, hit us up. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I would like to see some, some solutions from folks. Cause you know, all the, the people who listen to us are really smart with this stuff too. All right. Quickly bet online, uh, sports are coming back and the MLB came back tonight, opening night. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. I wonder what the Giants are, uh, the odds for the Giants making the playoffs. Because the MLB expanded it to, I think they're expanding to like 16 teams or something just for this year. It's like ridiculous. Uh, check uh, on the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather, a favorite of ours on the Fight Game podcast, joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment, The Ice is Right. Floyd talks about all of his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. You're online wagering experts. Okay, as our normal cadence to this show, let's dig in to the um, NXT and AEW from Wednesday night. We're going to give you our likes and our dislikes. I, I mean, I generally liked both shows. I don't have there. There are some like little nitpicky stuff that I have from uh, from dislikes, but you know, from the entertainment factor, from the live atmosphere factor, AEW was really good. From the you know the kind of wrestling that I like, uh, there were a couple good you know good matches on on NXT. Uh, and so let's just start with NXT, and I'll go first because someone who we've talked about in the past. Uh, Bronson Reed, he wins the three-way with Johnny Gargano and uh, Roddy Strong. And this felt fresh. And, you know, we just kind of got done talking about WWE, you know, using a lot of old guys and people we've seen before recycling folks. Bronson Reed has been on TV. He, I, I, I've watched him uh, uh, at a house show in San Jose where he was kind of trying to fill out what the character was that he was going to do. It was a little silly. Uh, this version of Bronson Reed isn't as silly. Uh, and he won the three-way. I thought this was a really good match. It was really fun. Bronson Reed felt fresh. He felt new. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, finally, this guy is maybe getting getting something here. 
And I just enjoyed pretty much the whole thing. It, the two great, you know, wrestlers to play off of here who, you know, they, they they made sure that this thing was rock solid. I just love this whole thing. Yeah, this, I mean, overall, this is probably the best match of the night for, you know, on both shows, I think. I would say so. Um, this, this is fantastic. It, it took me on a ride. Like, I was, got really invested in it because I'm a, you know, big fan of all three, especially, and I really like Bronson Reed a lot. I'm a, I just, I just think the, I think that guy could be something special. Um, the, the like, like, like Bam Bam Bigelow or, you know, big man that can move. Um, he's, he's exciting. And I've been frustrated with how they've been booking him in the NXT because I, you know, I don't think he should be, be beating that guy on television. I think it's okay to build up a match with a, K- a carrying cross for him and then loses there. But like, you know, he's lost some other matches. I thought maybe, maybe not put him on TV yet till you're ready to go for bore with him. But it was funny. I was thinking this earnest match. I was like, no, it'd be kind of cool during that ladder match. You know, he would be in it, you know, a big guy that can catch people and, you know, great visual of him climbing the ladder. Like I, I think it'd work. And I'm glad that he thought the same thing. Um, but they had me. I thought once he took that Nest, uh, Nestle plunge, you know, and that big bump, I was like, oh man, that's that's how they're gonna take him out. And <laughs> and but no, and um, they, I was excited when he won, and I liked I liked the camera work that he did. They didn't, you know, they made sure they weren't showing him climbing the top rope, so you know he's gonna yep. do something. Yep. That's great. They they're really good at at that. Oh point. yeah, yeah, great. That was great stuff. And then, you know, Roddy Gargano just are just both fantastic. I thought Roddy was the the real, you know, ace in this match. Gargano seemed to be calling a lot of it. Um but uh you know like just just Roddy brings that intensity like those chops on Big Bronson, you know, just just really good. I love this match. And this was my number one as well. So all right, what what was your number two then? Sure, my number two on my list. Um, I don't know if you saw this match because I know they didn't give it to you last time. Um, the you're you're, I, you're 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 telling it, it better not be a Breezango match. No, no, no. This is uh, Timmy Thatcher and Oni Lord. No, no I, Breezango I thought, had yeah. a good match though. No, no, I, I I know that was kind of a joke because I know the the Breezango match was actually pretty good from what I heard. But no, the Oni Lorkin and Tim Thatcher match, I did see it. Yeah, this match was really good. I mean. Um, a little better than their pay-per-view match. Obviously, a little longer. I love the finish um, of Thatcher. You know, he in a hole, but then uses the tights and uses body weight to catch. You know, Oni. Oni's focused on getting that. Getting that. He didn't look like an idiot, in my opinion. He didn't look like an idiot, Oni. He just got. No, he looked like someone who got cheated, who thought it, they were in a grappling match. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was great too. Was that Thatcher? That the whole match was out grappling Oni. So he was really like every time Oni got something, he reverse it and take control. It just kept that thing kept going. I really liked that story. And then finally Oni makes that big comeback and he finally has him in a hole that's damn near should finish almost anyone, but Thatcher to just escape it. You know, he can't reverse this one, so now he has a cheat win. Just this really good stuff. Um I tweeted out about the referee, Daryl Sharma. I thought he was freaking fantastic because, you know, you need a credible referee to bring credibility to a match like this. So any, any mm-hmm. match, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, it all, you know, it's it's all three, you know, people in that ring. And, and I really wanted to – I know referees don't get enough love. And, you know, he's one of my favorites to watch because he's, he's just – he's not over the top. He's right in there. He, he You know, you believe that this guy is really keeping control of that match. So great job by everyone. All right, so uh, that was also on my list. And I got one more, which is I'll talk about the actual main event in my dislikes segment because there are things that I didn't like about the main event. But the finish was really creative. 
I liked the sympathy that you felt for, you didn't even really feel it for Dijakovic. You actually felt it for Keith Lee because he so desperately wanted to save his friend, Mm -hmm. but he was abiding by his friend's wishes, which is to, you know, kind of let me go out on my own. And this, you know, this happens in MMA, right? This happened. And the funny thing is, is um, our buddy, Chris Aiken, who, um, I think he does the NXT recap for uh, for the Wrestling Observer website. He was like like so hyped off of the comparison of the finish to the Apollo Creed and Drago finish from Rocky Four, where you know the, you're just watching like your best friend go down and you can't do anything about it. Like I thought that was actually really cool. I think Dijakovic. Hmm. Some of the dialogue was kind of cheesy, um, but I thought for the most part, all three party parties did a good job. The you know the the referee constantly asking him and you know telling him s- certain things like that reminded me of like a really uh, sort of like a, a an annoying uh, UFC referee where you're like, no, just stop the stupid match. Like, why are you asking him to fight back? You know what? You know what it actually reminded me of. I watched. Um, Shayna against Chris Cyborg. So this this fight happened at uh, Elite XC. Mm-hmm. Like this was years ago. Yeah, I remember this one. And you know Shayna's just she is fighting her heart out, but it's very clear that the size and strength of Cyborg is just just too much. And there are moments in that fight where uh, Shayna is down, like she's down. And she's like looking at the ref, like, are you going to stop this thing? And the ref's like, fight back, Shayna. And so because he calls her out, she's like, okay, like, I got to throw a punch here or there. Like, but it was pretty clear, like, you know, she was not in in a great position. And that happened like two or three times. And I was like, oh, this referee's killing me. Like, save this woman. She's getting, you know, she's getting beat up here. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, save her. And so that's kind of what the referee reminded me of is like, you know, the 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 UFC ref who you're just like, save the stop the match, stop the match. So I thought that whole thing worked really well. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll wait to my dislikes to kind of talk about this match and not and it's not the match itself. It's, it's, it is about the finish and the beginning, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, my next like was actually it's something small, but something much needed. I think the show needs again is a Finn Balor promo like. Mm-hmm. God, man, I love. I mean, if he could be promo of the year, I think if he really, I mean, at least in consideration, um, just straight to the point and talking about what he's going to do, and you know, he's not, you know, he's not, he's going, he's not going to play. What is he? What do you say? He's not going to play uh, chess. He's just going to say what he's going to do. He's going to, you know, he's going to just win the championship and take that and be back on his way. I, you know, I, I really like uh, this Finn, of course, in NXT, so it's good to see him back in a match next week and uh, back on the show, which I think, you know, maybe this is... I'm, I'm not sure it has anything to do with the ratings being down, but, like, there's no Balor, no Undisputed Era, um, no Ciampa. I mean, I know, like, you know, they, they weren't all this big-time ratings movers, but they add so much to the, you know to the show more star power so you know getting those and, guys and, back would help out you know i i don't know i, I think charlotte's segments did pretty darn good mm-hmm. she's not there the crossover when sasha and bailey came over they're not there uh so yeah like it, it's really uh a, a bare bones and well i think 
I want to say, I, I think what they're doing now, now they're, you know, they went, they had their peak, right? They built two Great American Bash, right? The two weeks. They had that. So now they're going back and now they're building towards uh, TakeOver in August. So, you know, they're doing more like the traditional route where AEW is like, they're throwing everything at you at once. Like they're throwing them all these stipulation matches on TV. Like they're, you know, quote unquote hot shotting a lot of the stuff right now. Uh, and, you know, WWE is doing us, uh, at least NXT uh, writers and, and, and bookers are doing more of a going back and now building back up to, and hopefully that we'll see, you know, Maybe we'll see how it is in August, how these ratings go. If they continue to go down, that's a different story. But I think we'll see some improvement as they build and build to the, these bigger matches. I think it depends. I think it depends on some of the talent and some of the crossover because what they've essentially done is they've trained the audience to wait for the big star from Raw to come and be on the show. And when they don't do that... I don't know how much impetus there is for a Raw or SmackDown mostly watcher I don't think to Keith, come over to NXT. Keith Lee and Adam Cole match wasn't two you know main roster stars, so I think they built that match really well. But we'll we'll talk about that in the in the dislikes for me because of what has actually transpired based on on what they did. Okay, sure, go. Um, all right, actually, let, let's quit. Let's quickly uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the dislikes. Then we'll talk about AEW uh, before the end of the show. Support for the Fight Game Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, all guys, if you are trying to trim down in the nether regions, have nicked yourself a time or two, and it is a very sensitive area. It's not a fun place to, uh, to cut yourself in any way. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. And when I tell you it's premium, this is premium. The way that it's matted, the way that it fits in your hand, it is a really nice uh, trimmer. And the battery is uh, is very strong. It will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take longer shaves and not have to worry about charging. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which also... The, the next thing I'm going to mention uh, relates to this situation. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And this is something that is uh, very helpful if you've tried to do this uh, in just in general. Having that light is so helpful uh, because it is not an easy place to shave. Uh, they've also upgraded to their 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Not sure if that's pun intended, 
unsure about that one. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FIGHTGAME, F-I-G-H-T, GAME, G-A-M-E, FIGHTGAME, one word, at manscaped.com. Also, the lady in your life may enjoy using this as well. I know my fiance was asking me where the the lawnmower 3.0 was in a, and I was like, hey, I have it in my office. I got to get ready to do my read. And she's like, okay, well, you just got to make sure you put it back. Your balls and I guess lady parts, if your lady uses them, will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FIGHTGAME, F-I-G-H-T-G-A-M-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FIGHTGAME. All right, we're back to talk about the dislikes of uh, from the NXT show, um, and I guess uh, I guess I, I'll start because we kind of before we went to the break, we were kind of leading towards this. But the opening segment where uh, and this is you know this is uh, you know William Regal's big announcement, and I think most people were like, okay, I think we know what this is, but let's hope that it's something else. And it wasn't. It was exactly what everyone thought it was, which is Keith Lee is going to drop the North American title, and there's going to be some tournament for it, and, and blah 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 blah. Like that's kind of that 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 you know this is what WWE does every time, and that is fine, except it's one of those slap in the face moments again, which is they're basically telling us that the reason that they had the unification match was solely to hotshot for a rating. And that is unfortunate because you are just, you know, you're taking from from your your hardcore fan base and uh, you know, maybe maybe they think that oh, you know, it's the most loyal part of our fan base, you know, that they're not going to care, but like you just said that you enjoyed the build. And so now they're telling you that, well, you know, thanks for watching, but now that build is over and we're not going to complete any story. We're just going to do the the easy way out and have him drop it so that someone else can win it. Like that is such a WWE thing to do. And I think the fact that most people sort of figured it out before it happened is so frustrating. Like why, like why do we, why do we know the predictable bad moments before they happen? That should never happen. Like, you know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't think that these moments are going to disappoint us before they do. I don't think it was a bad moment. I think it's something we should expect throughout history. We've seen when the Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion who faced Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6. He won both belts, but he ended up vacating the Intercontinental title, right? Okay, but... but that's not, that's not hot-shotting. That was just a big bash they built to, right? That's- it was absolutely hot-shotting. They wanted to compete against that NXT... Sh- I mean, against that AEW show, which is part of competition, which is why I don't fault them for it. So you would have Keith Lee lose the North American title before he met, met Adam Cole and won the title from him? I don't know if I would or not. No, you but, don't want to do that because that's the but that's, I wouldn't, that's the big match build. This guy has been this champion, this okay, secondary but then champion. Now he, when he wins it. Just be creative. 
so that I don't feel cheated out of being so excited that we have a unified champion because in the UFC, guys are fighting. It wasn't in, a unified, in, in, it was winner take all. So he won both belts, right? He now he's a double champion. It wasn't okay. Double double now, double champion. That's that's a big difference. That's 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 uh, you know Triple H and Kane for the uh, world title, intercontinental title, and the uh, intercontinental just disappears for a while. But then all of a sudden it's back. Now it's not really unified. okay. But but yeah. but it proves my point even more because uh, Amanda Nunez has two belts. She doesn't have to give one up, right? As long as she fights. And as long as she stays dominant in both divisions, she can keep her belts. Uh, uh, Becky's and, and and Bailey's whole thing is about having two titles. So Keith Lee gets both belts. He proves himself to be the baddest of the badass. And instead of being creative, they're just like, "Oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna." not lose it and we're going to have a title for it it is the hogan ultimate warrior thing but i felt ripped off as a as a 14 year old kid or almost 14 when when warrior didn't do anything with with having both titles and he's just like oh like that's what we were so excited about him winning like he the other title just all of a sudden goes to someone else now like i just don't think that's a creative thing i think it's just a it was just a way to get people excited for this match, which it succeeded because I was excited. And then there was no, they didn't have a way out of it. And it's frustrating when you give them the whole faith thing again, you give them your hours and you go, okay, I'm excited. Now what's next? And they're like, oh, really? There's not, we didn't really have a plan. So they had a plan. They were going to obviously take this belt off him after he won the heavyweight championship. There's no plan when you just drop the when you just say okay. So you there's don't no have plan when when 1990 it happened. There's no plan 1981 when Luger you know was vacated his U.S. title when he won the world title. I mean throughout no a lot of wrestling be, history because there, there was no planning at that time in 1991. He won the major championship. He doesn't need the secondary championship. But there anymore. was no long term plan for that that was the plan it happened that was it the was plan. not it was not the plan rick flair did not have to drop the title to lex luger if he did not want to well I'm, who are you talking about i'm talking about the t- championship when you when a guy wins a, the, has a secondary champion and wins the a belt above it a lot of times in wrestling history as we've seen throughout history especially in the wwf wwe they have taken, they had vacated the secondary championship. And it's lame every single time. But what are you going to do? So how would you book Keith Lee as a double champion? So he, I, so what happens? Well, okay. How was he so, lose so, one somehow, some kind of bullshit new, way? New, new, Japan, new Japan. Fuck right, New Japan. Compared to New Japan. Right? Fuck New Japan. That's their thing. This is, this is different. This is No, different. but you're asking me for an example. And that is the glaring example because they built to this Tokyo Dome show. And they told you as a viewer, this is going to be really meaningful because we've never done this before. And then there was a winner. And after that, they're like, okay, like he's just going to defend both belts. We're not going to, we're not going to then drop one of them mm-hmm. and have a tournament to win. Like that, like they definitely had a different idea on how to do this. And I prefer what they're doing over because there's no there's there's no deflated feeling there's no like i'm so excited about this and now there's a letdown you, like like again it's this whole thing where i feel ashamed 
that I bought it knowing that more than likely he's just going to he's just going to give it give it away so why why even do we have this this match in in this in this fashion if you know maybe maybe if they want to be honest with the audience they go hey this match is Keith Lee and Adam Cole if Adam Cole wins it he's going to toss the North American belt aside if Keith Lee wins it he's going to toss the North American belt aside so like so that. viewers viewers this is what's going to happen. And cuz cuz that's what happens, right? Like that's exactly what happens. They just don't tell you. Because if they told you, you wouldn't be interested. I, I don't think so. I mean, like what's the what's the what's not interesting about a guy coming up on his way up to the big championship and he wins it and yeah, he vacates the other title that is now not his not not his not as important for him, but still an important championship and I don't mind what they did. Uh, hey, we're going to have a special announcement because NXT at least still takes their championship seriously and res- and respectfully, so I think it's it's a good thing. And plus, the North American belt sure looks like shit right now. No, no, it's not gonna look like shit. It's, it's not gonna look like shit at all. They're gonna be a tournament to build to a new champion. They're gonna do some crazy ladder match. I prefer a straight tournament, but whatever. They're gonna do this big ladder match, and it's up to whoever's it's gonna not, win. But to it's make not it. gonna be as hot as it was with Keith Lee having it and then winning the other belt, like. The North, like he raises the profile of that second belt by having it and treating it as the same. And the second he goes, well, you know, I don't, the, this belt is not as important. I'm dropping it. Then it devalues the belt again. Like you don't just, think it, you don't think the new winner might elevate that championship? Maybe like a, a Finn Balor, possibly. I don't know if he's winning next week or not, but I'm just saying, like a guy like that could take it. A Cameron Grimes could take that belt and have great matches and be on, you know, like. It's it's fine. It doesn't devalue anything. And like like I said, like throughout history, we've seen what they've done with this stuff. So yeah, but no one sucks, should be though. no one should like, be. Surprised. We shouldn't repeat the stuff that sucks. It didn't suck back then. I was cool when Mr. Perfect won the title in the tournament. That was cool to see a tournament as a kid. Like, you know, I and I and when Luger won the world title in 1991, I knew he's going to drop the U.S. title. Like there was no question. He's not going to be a double champion. It's 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 lame. It's it's an it's a trust. Thing I think people sometimes they, maybe they just let you down. No, I, I think you're just I don't know me and I don't know too hard on them or something. But like it wasn't it was it was fine and it's okay and it's okay to like I said they have a strong roster they have a lot of talented guys and it's you know but you we, can be more creative in getting that belt to somebody else. It doesn't have to happen the next day. But I don't know if I want to see Keith Lee lose. Say he loses to Karrion Cross at uh, Takeover, which I we all will, you know, could pretty much figure out that's probably going to be the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Do I want to see him lose the North American Championship before that? No. Do I want to see Karrion Cross come out and cost him that just just to add some extra? Heat? No. I don't want to see that. You know, I don't want to see that. I want to see an undefeated Karrion Cross gets an undefeated. You don't. Heat, you don't. You don't want to see that because you don't have faith that they can creatively have it make sense oh it could make sense but i don't want to damage the the build as these two you know i don't want to say superpowers but you know these two you know monsters going right at it into this big championship match i don't want to see anyone's shoulders lose and i hope the god they don't do that something stupid. I mean, but they don't but you know i'm saying is you don't have to do it that way carrying cross could win both titles he could he loses and then and then he loses 
uh, to somebody else who could win both titles. Like you don't have to go just because someone won two titles the next week or the, the next week after that, we immediately have to separate it because we don't know how to be creative in that moment, in that situation. Well, I think they're pretty creative. They're bringing this cool tournament. I mean, what's the, the some killer matches? That's not, cre- that's not creative, though. You just said that this is what happens every single time. Like, it's, they're just doing what everyone else does. But it's not a bad thing. It's not uncreative either. It's just, it's ingrained in history, I guess, you know? Like, I wasn't surprised. Like, this didn't shock me at all. No, I wasn't surprised at all. I was sad that I knew the announcement was going to be a letdown, and that's exactly what was going to happen. Like, I was frustrated that... That was so predictably going to. I happen. was more uh, upset about the, you know, just Keith Lee impromptu match of Diamond Tie Jack than this. You well, know? that that I mean, so I, that I, I mean that stuff I can see you being upset either. about, but this I mean I mean shit I mean they they have like I said a, a, a talented roster of te- people that could be involved with this North American Championship and and I think it's I think in the long run it's a good thing I wouldn't really you know just be so down on WWE for it. What is your first thing well my dislike list my dislike list um has to do with the Domin dijakovic and karen Mm -hmm. cross match not necessarily the match it's just like well something to the match but first of all dijakovic's promo early in the night was a little bit better than normal like i i would like to see a little more fired up promo he was fired up just but not like he was like lukewarm like i wanted more yelling and screaming like because you know he was just taken out last week and yeah yep. and then you know karen cross of course you got to give that guy his this entrance right you got to do that it's an amazing entrance I, i i love it and but when dijakovic comes out like he comes out gets in the ring does his feature eye stance and I'm like, no, I think he should run out. They should start going at it. Boom, 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 boom. Um, I thought the match went, was it two segments? I thought the match was too long for that. I think it should have been fast, you know, just a a sprint of a match. It should have been just just hard hitting strikes, boom, boom. And finally, you know, he gets, Donovan Jakovic gets caught with something nasty. I thought the steps was way too big. Mm-hmm. because it didn't go right to the... If, if the referee stopped the match right then and there after the steps, because I thought that's what the finish was going to be. Like, right when he did Me the too. steps, I was like, okay, boom. That's And, that, and that's and that's cool. Like, that shows Karrion Cross is a freaking killer. And But then, you know, it kept going, and I liked what they were trying to accomplish. I, I, I liked that. I just wouldn't use the steps because I thought the steps was too much. I thought, like, it would have been even, like, you know, like he's at the point where uh, Dijakovic says, you know, don't, you know, I got, don't worry, or I got, I got this, or I'm, you know, don't stop it or whatever. Like it looks like he leaves and turns around and gets just kicked, like, or, you know, or formed super hard again and gets knocked out right in front of like Keith Lee, just knocked out cold. And then, you know, and then, and he, you know, Karen comes down with that big elbow again, bam, right in front of Keith Lee, right, right in the corner. Like, so they're right eye to eye, and he's like staring at Keith Lee. Keith Lee's staring at Karen Cross right when the referee counts three or calls the match off because it's a knockout. I just thought that it could have been just a little better. I liked it. I like what they were trying to go with. I just think I would just like to have been a little, little uh, better executed. Yeah. So I didn't like the match in of itself. And. I just find Cross's character very one-dimensional, and it's a it's a it's a great note, right? Like he he plays that role well. Mm-hmm. 
I, 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 it's just, it, it doesn't make me think that he's um, necessarily the scariest guy. It makes me feel like they have uh, a couple of really serious, quiet, maniac guys. Like, I, I, I feel like there's, uh, and maybe it's because the Dexter, I just, I, that the Dexter Loomis uh, match was the first match uh, on the one hour version. And obviously the two characters are not similar in the way that they look or, or their, their backstory, but they are similar in like that quiet killer kind of way. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I just saw this sort of character. And when I watch cross, obviously he's an impressive guy, but I just don't, I, I also don't, I also kind of wonder, you know, we've had this discussion before, you know, NXT is such a work rate company and those main events, we expect them to be, uh, you know, high level main event. And it, it doesn't have to be. Maybe you get that high level main event, like you said, from a Finn Balor or something. But it's just, I, I wonder how he is going to do in that kind of match. Because this was a longer match. And I thought it was, I would say, slightly above average, but not quite good. And. You know, it's not to say that they have to have a great match every week. That's not that's not the game, and that's that's not always going to happen. But I would have expected. I expected. You know, my my expectation of what this match was going to be was a little higher than what I saw. I just thought it should have been just a little bit shorter and tighter. Um, just I I think the length. I think it's okay. Like, yeah, we expect these like great main events out of the NXT champion or something. But say, say Karrion wins it, like. It's cool if you change it up a little bit and have a guy that's just totally dominant, right? That just totally smashes and and doesn't have long matches like a Brock Lesnar type of guy, right? Or- but my fear is that the matches are going to be longish, and because I would be fine with the like uh, like the Ciampa match, right? Like yeah, that 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 was cool because of how it was. My fear is that they're going to have these longish matches, and you know, and still have the the same style that we saw last night. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I hope. I hope they kind of. I think they they had two segments to fill. I think they, like I said, they could have, they could have had this done in one and um, still been a really effective what their what their goal was. That was that was the only two things that uh, that I didn't like about the show. Like I said, though, I you know I only have that one hour version, and that's it's a pretty good version of of NXT. There's not really a lot of bad. My, my second one's very 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 small, but also. I just get so irritated. Like they did this last week and they did this week. Just the the tweet, you know, Io Sarai says she'll be back next week. You know, like give me a promo. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me those her underwater promo, you know, like <laughs> that. I mean, those are really cool. I, I, I wouldn't do it every time, but like give me something where and not freaking hold the cell phone up, you know, promo either. The, the damn tout bullshit. Like <laughs> give me, she's, you know, uh, some kind of Wells produced promo with her in some kind of location or and 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 talking about how she's gonna come back and kick you know Dakota Kai's ass and you know et cetera. So um I I, I hate when they do that. Just a quick little bing bing, you know, and like here's a little thing from you know on Twitter. Well you know what you know what that tells me though? It tells me that they're not that they don't have that plan necessarily in advance. Because if you did, then maybe you would do what you did, what you said, which is you would pre-tape it, you would make it look great, and maybe it's just like a oh, we need this. Thus, then they just tell her, you know, you really need to make this tweet so we could show it on TV. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it seems like to me. 
Yeah, I know. I just wish they would just kind of like stop stop that and just produce just produce these these interviews or or just not have it just not have it at all. Just just give me like Io Shirai. Will be, we just found out right now from William Regal, Io Shirai will be in the building next week and live in here at NXT. And mm-hmm. you know what what does she have to say or, or you know or maybe a match for her? I don't know. I wouldn't put in a match every time, but like something like that. You know, like. You know, build that way instead of just a little tweet. I just, I know you're building, you're, you're helping social media, I guess, but like getting that out, but like still, it's, it's just, I just, I'm not into it. All right. Um, is that it for your negatives? Yeah, that was it. I mean, I actually had one uh, extra like. I had extra like for both shows. Actually, I had four likes this week. Oh um, uh, yeah, what was it? Um, I, I, I know you're probably not gonna like this, but I think the I like the addition of Miss Sadie Martinez with Robert Stone. No, I, th- I thought, you know... I, I don't know if you I, saw maybe, that. Maybe, they left it out. Maybe, no, they left it out. But um, I think maybe, you know, I don't know if you called it. Somebody called it, though. And it, it makes sense to me. Like, they need they need strong contender, uh, strong women heels. Like, makes sense. Yeah, and I liked their... It was a great little segment. It, it was... It was it was like like it was a little bit gaga because but they only do it once a show, which I like, which I appreciate. And I'm okay with, you know, Robert Stone being the gaga of the show. But it was kind of like he's hurt and injured, and he got his another he got his other foot ran over by Shotzi, so he's all a mess. And then you know Mercedes Martinez, you know she's she's too busy. She's she's just she just wants to ass kick, right? She wants to beat people up and win championships. She has no time for all the BS, negotiate stuff. So if you handle that and get it done for me, I'll join your brand, right? And I think that I like like she's in control, not Robert Stone. Like she's in control of the situation. So I thought that was really cool. I just I just hope they can add some more personality to Aaliyah. Um I don't want her she's kind of like just in the background there. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. she, you know, her match with Shotzi wasn't bad. And she has a lot of like fire and and, and some intensity and you know she looks great. And I just think she can I would like to see like there's like a weird I think it'd be a fun dynamic with those three. Like you have, you know, Aaliyah, this just, you know, I'm so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, everyone bowed down to me. And you have like Mercedes Martinez does not care about that kind of stuff. She just wants to beat people up. But I, it would kind of almost like a varsity club kind of dynamic with those two, you know, like a Rick Steiner and uh, not, not necessarily Rick Steiner, but you know what I mean? Like something just, uh, I think that would be interesting TV, television. All right. So let's talk about the AEW show. Um, the uh, I'll start with my first like, which is, you know, I think I think there's a lot of people who really are rooting for Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. I I found him pretty entertaining when I watched him on NWA, but I don't I don't really have like a you know I know a lot of people in our group were super excited when they saw him. I was like, ah, he's cool, like cool. I, I the the thing that I like is this has now become a bit of a game, which is which indie darling is going to challenge Cody. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of the game is who's going to beat Cody. And so, you know, there's a surprise factor. And then you had, you had kind of Mox teasing it on a podcast earlier this week. So it kind of made it a little bit more interesting. Uh, and now that's the gimmick is, you know, what indie darling is, is going to challenge Cody next. So the idea that Cody is the fighting, the fighting TV champion, he doesn't have any time to prepare for these, uh, wrestlers because he doesn't know who they are. Uh, you know, there was a, the stip where Kingston was like, Hey, you know, I want this to be, 
no DQ because that's more towards my style. And Tony Khan said it's okay if it was you. And if Cody was like not a fighting babyface, he would say, no, like why would I give you the advantage? But he's a fighting babyface. So he says, okay, like we'll wrestle on your terms. So I like all of that. Um, there was a little bit too much plunder wrestling on this show for my taste, my personal taste. A lot of it, yeah. Um, but I I get the uh, I get the psychology of the match, and I get I get why people were really psyched because this this is kind this is what this is when we when we went to talk about NXT. This is what WWE had done really well for a little while, which is you know the Raw after WrestleMania, who's gonna be the surprise person who's gonna show up? John Cena's um, you know U.S. title challenge, who's gonna be the person? That's going to surprise us. Like, that's all that this is. But using the indie talent factor, I think is pretty cool because there are, you know, that is catering to their fan base, which is, uh, you know, I'm sure the Eddie Kingston joining AEW, all of the hardcore fans of AEW, they're like, great. I love this guy. You know, I've seen him before. I I, I dig him. I've watched him many times on these local shows. He came to our town X, Y, and Z. So I think that works. Um, Does it, does it help the casual audience? Probably not, but maybe, maybe this gimmick of who actually does is the one to beat Cody. Maybe that's what, what maybe drives a little bit more of casuals, but I, I just thought that the way that they do this angle is very fun. And I'm, I look forward to, trying to figure out who's it's going to be like it's a fun game yeah no it's great i i really enjoy what you know i, I mean i thought the cena u.s title open challenging was great i thought it could have gone longer than than it you know than it did i but um and i and i i like what cody's doing here you know with the even the nwa tv title was like that too like you know totally blanchard always put on the line against everyone austin did rotunda did like even the job matches like which, which i remember like being like why is this guy getting the title shot but it was like you know just just you know they're, they're just you know fighting champions and etc but uh, no i this was my number one like too as well um i'm not a, a huge eddie kingston fan um i like his promos i do yeah. i think he's i like I, th- I think he's best suited honestly for a manager role actually which i think he was an impact i think he's more of like i think it was with santana ortiz actually i think they were like the new lax or something like that and i think he was the mouthpiece of the group and not that they need it because santana is a pretty good promo but um but i think that would be because i think in the ring is where he had a shortcut though he did great in this match i thought this match he had a he did a really good performance my only issue with this match is like my booking mind's like man i could have stretched this out two weeks because <laughs> You know, Tony, Con- you, know, he, you know, he comes out, says, you know, t- you know, I asked Tony Khan for a hardcore match or a no rules match or anything goes match. And Tony Khan's like, sure, but if Cody's down for it, no, like, I think you could do a regular match with these guys. Like he comes out, I asked Tony Khan for a no rules match, but he said no. Right. He said no. But oh, right, it's fine. It's fine. I'm still going to kick your ass out there. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And so they have a match. And then he pulls out at the end. Maybe he gets rolled up. Something quick. Something quick. Ping. One, two, three. But he's back on his feet. Cody's been beat up the whole match by Eddie Kingston. He's bruised. He's beaten. So Eddie's right back on him. Bam, bam, bam. Then he hits him with a chair. Boom. Then he does, you know, something else. Buys down the floor. Runs, you know, you know, Cody bleeds again. You know, now, now we see, you know, in hour number two, you know, Cody being interviewed by hopefully Tony Schiavone, not Alex Marvez. And <laughs> I'm serious. Like, you, you know, you don't need Alex Marvez to this kind of spot. You need to, like, Tony Schiavone would be perfect. And 
you know, he cuts a fire up freaking promo that, you know what, Eddie, you know, I next week you want to do your damn hardcore match. Let's do it. And then now he's like, shit, you know, now we have two things to look forward to. I think they could stretch it out. I think that's what Tony will hopefully learn. You know, is like you can just keep adding to stuff instead of just like throw it all here. Like they went from, you know, to the you know, to the big match until like instead of building up to the into the big match. And um, um, I think I think it's probably because they want to continue to do this weekly instead of, you know, the, you, you can pop that opening, you know, that opening rating, uh, opening show rating next week again, because you did such a good job here. And people are like, oh, like these are serious. Who, who can it be next week? If you stretch it out for two weeks, then you can't really ride that momentum. If, the, if the it's such a grudge, that's it's a different kind of momentum. It's it's not the surprise. It's like, ah, I want to see these guys go at it again. If they did their job well in the first match and has something that makes you want, want more. And I think... You know the the physicality they had in that match. I thought it was really good. I think they could have. I think they could have done something. And then this is the match where the thumbtacks come in, and you know all the plunder comes in. And um, uh, I thought it was kind of silly in this match. And the the, the the thumbtacks after he took the big Cody took the big power bomb. And I know you know the Eddie you know stumbles stumbles off because his legs hurt so and then, and then that's because they he they want the camera shot on Cody with the the long camera shot of Cody with the pain of the thumbtacks and and you could have still done that but I also would like to see Eddie go for a freaking cover you know mm-hmm. after he just picks up with something else I'm like what the hell just cover the guy but other than that little minor thing I thought overall I, I really enjoyed this opening segment Okay, so my second like was the Britt Baker interplay with Tony Schiavone. Now, I'm always going to pop for someone who mentions Rocky Four, like we just talked oh, about yeah, the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought about you, too, right away. I was like, oh, I thought <laughs> about the podcast and you and doing... There's a Rocky Four mention, but there was also this Michael Jordan mention that became really silly. That was great. Because, <laughs> because Tony's like... Oh, you mean the comeback, you know, with the Wizards, like he actually, they actually didn't win. Like, so that, you know, that, mm. that whole thing was really funny. And, you know, someone was, someone was asking me about Brit. I think it was our, our buddy Ryan Pike from the, the podcast group. And he was like, well, what'd you think about Brit? And I said, you know, generally I'm entertained by her. What I like most is she's kind of create like this injury has sort of been a blessing in disguise for her character. Now, not for her wrestling, right? Because she still has to up her game in the ring. But for her actual character, she's created this character that I don't know if it's always been in her or if, you know, she's always thought about it or she's, you know, has always wanted to do this character. But whatever it is, she's really owning this character. And every week, I get to see all of the ideas that she probably has during the week to kind of shape what what the interview is because she's a big part of the the show. She's she has a big segment, you know. She's always in something that that uh, is is with Tony or with the announcers. So you know they're treating this as you know it's important to to the show. And it's but it's only the beginning because she's so new to being on TV. She's so new to being a a wrestler in, in a national company. Obviously, I know she's been around, uh, you know, before. But I just like seeing the conception of something and someone being able to create, kind of like right right in our eyes. 
and she doesn't hit every week. I know a lot of people love her her segments every week. She does she doesn't hit a home run every week, but you can see the effort and the thought. And sometimes that stuff just is not always going to be fantastic, you know. But I, I like the effort. I like the creativity, and I really like the fact that she seems to be owning this opportunity. And that's that's a really cool thing to watch weekly. Yeah, this is actually my fourth like of the. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoy Brick Brit as a heel. I think they. She kind of took a dip. I think the the whole her and the Pope mobile thing wasn't as strong. But here, like I thought that was really strong. I think it was perfect. Funny. This was good gaga. She's I think I still think she's a, a future manager, a great manager. I think she I you know, I, I just add to the fourteen managers on the roster. Shit, I know. But um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I think that's her her future. Her unless she improves in ring, but she's been how long she's wrestling now? So I mean, uh, I don't know. Um but I really like this. I, I I I had fun with it. I I really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it up because I was definitely gonna bring it up later and as I'm glad I'm glad you liked it as well. What's another one on your list? Um I thought after the <laughs> I I say burial Brian Cage because you know I just don't I I thought that was the you know I talked about last week I thought was the booking was horrible of the finish and how he came off and all that stuff I thought Taz with his promo did the best he you know did his did as best as he can to kind of you know get things back on track for Brian Cage but I'm just sitting there watching him with that damn FTW title which means nothing <laughs> you want to talk about titles that mean nothing Garrett <laughs> uh, it's uh you know he just looks like a goofball now with this stupid belt but that, that but that's another announcement that we rightfully said sucked <laughs> like yeah there this was, was supposed yeah, to be the, some announcement the FTW that changed titles, wrestling like world said, no it sucked yeah it sucked in 98 it sucks here but um but uh, you know, I thought Taz was doing a good job with his promo. He's such a strong promo. He was he was really building up Brian, and I also thought they did a good job with Brian when Mox came out and with the with the barbed wire bat. And I liked the touch of Cage wanted to go forward. He didn't give a shit about the barbed wire, right? He wanted to fight Mox, but everyone's holding him back. I I like that little touch. That's the little touches I would like to see more of. Um, but still, I wish they could have done done a damn different finish last week but yeah so i mean my third like is is related and it's just that you know after we saw um john moxley in wwe for how you know for all this time and he has been able to keep his character as strong in his promos as possible. I just thought he came off as like a major badass in his promo. And I was like, you know, like that, like someone who can talk, someone who can back it up, someone who can fight. Like he reminds me of Austin. And I don't, I don't no. know if that's kind of what he's <laughs> trying to do from a, from a promo perspective. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he, uh, he speaks, uh, he says what he's going to do and he backs it up, um, is, is, uh, it's such a refreshing babyface character with a little bit of an edge. Obviously, he's not a white meat babyface. He's got an edge to him. But the, you know, we we have all of these examples over the years of of how to have babyfaces or whatever. I just think that his version of whatever his inspiration for this character is, maybe this is closest to his actual personality. I just love the fact that he's like, I'm like, I'm, 
I'm cutting these promos. I'm staying strong. Like I, I'm the champ. Like just he's just. I, I just wish there were more characters in wrestling who kept their persona over as strong consistently as he's been able to do. Because it's not like you know. I don't. When did he win the title? It's been a while. Like mm-hmm. he's actually had to do this for a while, and he feels just as fresh and and hot. As ever, at some point he's gonna have to lose the title, and then we'll see sort of where he goes from there. But you know, I think he's just doing such a tremendous job with uh, with the John Moxley AEW character. Yeah, he's he's smart. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's keeping himself strong. He's getting his way, and you know, no one's gonna tell him no. And and you know, so he's you know he's has this character he wants to do, and and they're letting him do it. And you know, like. I don't think that he should have had that type of match with Brian Cage where he basically kicked Brian Cage's ass most of the match and instead of, you know, the opposite of Brian Cage beating his ass most of the match. I mean, I didn't I didn't think Brian Cage should have been the contender for the match anyways because no, and we, he was going to have to lose like in, <laughs> well in, that's that's another we talk about that with WWE like, you know, you know people being built up to lose like I mean, look at AEW, look at Archer lost his first big match. Brody Lee Lost his big first match. Brian Cage lost his big, you know, first match. You know, it's a big, you know, so, um, yeah, that, that's been their little, uh, their little issue there. But, uh, but yeah, but Mox is, yeah, he's, he's, he's in a good position right now. And, um, yeah, he's fine. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind him. You know, I think he's doing a good job with the, in the role. He, he is, if, Jericho, I think we all thought Jericho was like the perfect first champion, and Jericho was was really good in that role. But on the babyface side, you know, I thought it had to be Omega. And I will admit, like Omega's lost a little bit of like the kind of coolness, different, like the coolness, the differentness that he had in New Japan, and I, I don't know why he had yeah, a great aura in New Japan. Like when you know, Gato did a great job of, of making him. Yeah, but and, and 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 you know, we you can who 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 knows exactly why he he has not been pushed similarly cuz I always thought like he was the guy. Let, yeah. Let's let's see what he can do. And they just didn't do it that way. So with him not being there, you know, I think there were a couple people. You you got Moxley, you had uh Hangman Page, obviously you have Cody, and they bet on Moxley, and I think it was a strong bet because he came out of WWE, right? So that you have that whole thing about, oh, you know, he couldn't hack it in WWE, so now he's the AEW champion. But he has distanced himself so far from that Dean Ambrose character that it almost doesn't even seem like the same guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, he's doing, like I said, yeah, I agree. He's doing a good job. He's, do, you know, he's keeping himself strong and. You know, he, he's, he's, I mean, like, shoot, already next week we're having a, what, a crazy no rules tag match again. So with, with, uh, with Mox and Art, uh, Darby Allen and, and, uh, Cage and Ricky Starks. Now that's going to be an interesting match next week. Yeah. The Ricky Starks thing. That was interesting. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he doesn't really fit that group personally, but I, he, he has something about him. So I, I commend him for trying to do something with that kid. Yeah, I, I commend it also because he's fresh mm-hmm. and sink or swim, he's going to have an opportunity. And if he swims, awesome. You have a, you know, decent new blood kind of character. And if he sinks, then OK, then he's going to go back on dark and, and, you know, and wrestle for a little while. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, God, I'm, he- I'm OK. I'm OK with the, them taking chances because there's risk in chances, right? Like every time you take a chance 
And and maybe this is why Vince doesn't do it because the risk uh, is too much for what the what the reward is. But with AEW, because you're the upstart, you're the underdog. You you have to take more risks than you know than the you know Burger King has to take more risks than McDonald's because they're constantly trying to compete with them. McDonald's is like ah, we don't have to take risks, dude. You know, we're McDonald's. Can Ricky Starks lighten up when he hit? Darby Allen oh from the my, that's what I was that's what I was talking about when I said that was kind of interesting. Jesus. God, I thought I thought Darby was knocked out. <laughs> I think yeah, I think he was. He might oh, his flash knockout a little bit. No, I think he had a concussion. Oh, beautiful. So so that match might I mean, we'll see if that match happens. Yeah, that match happens. Yeah. And I think I don't know, man. I thought freaking uh speaking of Linux uh being knocked out, I thought uh, Killian Dane was choked out. <laughs> that submission, man, that nasty. <laughs> um, my third like, and we talked about our fourth like already, Britt Baker. Uh, these little post-match, after birth, what do you want to say? Um, I like the Sammy Guevara angle with the mask. I thought that was really well done. I mean, you know, I wasn't shocked. I kind of knew what was going to happen, but I liked the execution of it. Somebody um, tipped me off. Uh I think I would have, I'm trying to, I don't know if I would have figured it out. Uh, I mean, I would feel stupid for not figuring it out if I didn't, but someone tipped me off that that was going to happen because I I didn't watch that segment live. Oh, oh, you knew that that he was going to be under the mask? Yeah, I knew that. I I knew he was under the mask right when he hit a guy with the the, the bat. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's Sammy. Um, And I did enjoy FTR saving Adam Page to continue that mm-hmm. story. I thought that was really good. Um, that would have been my that would have been my fourth if I added a fourth, which is just the interplay between those two teams is just interesting. But it's you, do you think it could have been a little stronger explaining what the hell Kenny Omega was doing? Like I think Jim Ross kind of threw out there. He was in a shower or something. <laughs> you know, like he's trying because he, like I don't think they had an excuse. Like yeah. you know, he's yeah, like yeah. guys, we need something. So I'm just gonna say he's in the shower. But he obviously his hair is dry. He was fine. He was probably playing video games. Like and he no, but, he's, he he was uh, agenting the women. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we know what happened there. Um, and so he, <laughs> man, he comes out like he just comes out like he just looks like huh like. Where's this Omega? Like, yeah, I know we're trying to well, compare so, to Japan. So, um, just what's interesting is, is we, you know, we don't watch BET or BTE. I mean, not BET. I, I watched a lot of BET back in the day. Hey, but hey. BTE, being the elite, <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Fontaine loves that show, so he decided to recap it for the website. So I, I'm, and I'm just reading his recaps to catch up on the show. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, not not that everything that happens on BTE sets up anything, but he's being a dick on that show. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they're I think the tease if they if they follow through is, you know, eventually some of the stuff with him and Paige is purposely his fault. And Paige is kind of aloof about everything anyways. Well, right. But we haven't seen anything on the main show. <laughs> That he's been a dick. Right? I know, but that, but, but that's kind of like what I like about this is it's slow. It's not like you know you mentioned it's not the Cody slow. Thing. It's non-existent. Like just like show me something where they, you know, where he is. But why? I mean, God. I mean, at this point, I'm like, yeah, dude, Paige joined FTR. Forget this dork, right? Like that's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure if we're not supposed to be thinking that though. Do you think that Paige is gonna? I wonder if they're gonna. I wonder if Omega is going to turn to, I don't know. It's not really, 
I like the idea of FTR and Paige together. I think that's a mm-hmm. cool trio. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I know people are like, oh, the Four Horsemen. Let's do that again. I mean, maybe Cody would be Cody would be a good guy. You know, if that they were ever going to do a Horseman like like. How, how like, could you even call? I know, I know the. No, I, know I wouldn't the, be called the horse. They call something. I mean, else. I mean the, the the copyright like WWE doesn't own it, so I I don't know who owns it. But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, that's I think that's why people think. But hey, I, I wouldn't call it the Horseman. You can't live up to it. Every yeah. time they tried to bring back the Horseman, that was not like at least the original first two teams. It didn't work. And, and don't put Sean Spears in it for God's sakes. Oh like, my dude, god! Just, I saw that guy's butt get pulled off down. And the NW, pulled down with the he's, he's his, NWB team. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely B team, definitely B team. Not B team at the the home life though, because uh, <laughs> he's winning there. He's definitely winning there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So uh, let's see. That was it, my uh, likes. Yeah, I think I think that was it for me. So uh, dislike. I think the the main dislike for me, the first one, uh, is we'll we'll save the talk for the main event because we'll talk about the main event uh, in a second, but. The women's match was uh, bad. I know a lot of people liked Eva Lisa's like aggression, um, because she comes across as a, a little, a little bit like r- real, I guess. They're probably but, the same people that like that send her Amazon gift cards on her uh, Amazon sure, list. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's that's the whole, you know, that, that's a lot of the the fan base for 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 that style, you know, for for those women wrestlers. Some of the fan bases like that, and so so be it. Like the, I'm sure the women wrestlers, uh, yeah. you know, they make out on it. They 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 get they get some extra. It's, it's marketing, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I just thought that. It was like now I don't I don't know if they practiced the match I don't know if they called it called certain things and they wanted to get certain things across but it was just like too much like remembering to do something oh, and yeah. ducking and then spinning and then oh I'm supposed to throw this punch now and there's like it was, it was almost like there was like a a delay yeah. in in the movements and and that that was kind of frustrating to me yeah and too long. I mean, just these girls shouldn't have got two segs. And we'll get to, I'm going to talk about that in a second here too. Um, just there's no there's no reason for that at all. Especially I don't know how long these these girls have been. I don't know how much ring time they've had. You know, since the pandemic. So, you know, that kind of puts them. You know, they were both huffing and puffing towards the end of this thing, and a lot of just like look, you know, the comebacks and lazy, a lot of lazy stuff. Um, Eva Lee has a great look. She always had mm-hmm. a great look. Um, mm-hmm. I I know they're they need to fill the the roster with um, women because they have, you know have some issues. A lot of the women can't come over here and you know they're they're out of state, so they need to fill these ranks, especially to this tournament coming up. But you know she has a reputation of being a troublemaker and being mm-hmm. a, a pain in the ass. So it will be curious to see how long she lasts considering, you know, it's all inclusive, all family and da, 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 over AEW that I wonder how she's going to, you know, mix in with that group. So we'll see. All right. So the next one for me, I'll just do it now. Luchasaurus <laughs> killed the main event for me. He, I mean, he, I don't, I don't really like watching his matches as much because all of his moves take so freaking long to do, and it makes the person taking the move 
just sit there and look dumb in taking like these these reverse kicks like how long does jericho have to sit there and hold his hands by his side and wait for this kick to fly by his head so he could sell it yeah like that but that's luchasaurus's style right like everything that he does is you you have to wait for it um and maybe that's why they you know they pairing him with jungle boy jungle boy does does everything so quick and you know this luchasaurus but that wasn't even the part that i didn't like the part that i didn't like is you talked about the finish sammy guevara luchasaurus had just gone on this like kicking everybody's ass and then he just starts walking towards the rope like to get in position like there was no struggle to get there he wasn't being forced there he literally starts walking backwards to the rope so that he could get hit with the bat right in the back and right when i saw that i was like okay wait wait, wait. i thought we're getting going to the finish what is he doing why is he walking backwards why isn't he fighting and then okay then he gets hit in the back with the bat it was like can we like like at least pretend that there should be a struggle to get there to get to that spot instead of just go you know oh this is the finish so i have to do this I mean, and maybe they were short on time. I don't know what the reason was, but it just was like so bad to me. And it just took me out of the whole finish of that match. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, he's a one trick pony. We, you know, I think he works better with a crowd to kind of like, you know, sure. that push the AEW crowd was going to like anything like, you know, they'll, they'll love his little cartwheel and they'll love his little, is kicks right they'll go crazy for that but like here like without the crowd even though there's some noise and you know AEW has a, a, a good atmosphere like it's not the same like like before right so like mm-hmm. you, he's just exposed i mean and and this whole match a lot of it was was not the best um you know two cold tags i mean god does anyone know how to do a hot tag in a promotion it's like maybe ftr those but um you know it's just like like just, just so cold and um jungle boy did did good. I don't think it was his best performance, but you know, like, like I, I told you this on our, we had a, on our private message, like, you know, jungle, Luchasaurus needs jungle boy, yep. right? Jungle boy doesn't need Luchasaurus. And I was even now after this match, I even questioned like, God, do I even want to see them break up to have them feud? Because I don't know if I want to see, I don't trust Luchasaurus to be a, a monster heel with jungle boy. You know, I don't, Mm-mm. you know, I don't know if it's in him, but um, I think he's 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 extremely overrated. I think that's it's it's showing as 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 time goes on. And um, they, you know, thank God they pinned him. That's all. I, mm-hmm. That's a positive. At least they, at least they pinned him, and you know that's a good thing. So so, but yeah, but, but I mean the match I didn't think was great, but I did like the Sammy Guevara stuff with with the the mask. I thought that was cool. The last thing for me was just kind of what I repeated at the top, and I think people will notice that I didn't say that I loved the Young Bucks and uh, the Butcher and the Blade. It, it was it was fine. I, I was just at that point, and then you know if you add the main event, I was just tired of the plunder. Like there was so much stuff going on that did not have to do with wrestling on this show, which it it adds to you know I'm sure it adds to the excitement for TV viewers, but. Being that the AEW style is not my favorite wrestling style to watch, I just thought that there was too much outside of the ring and interference and no and you know disqual no disqualification and tables and you know doing flips over the rope and killing each other. landing on your ass because <laughs> so you, you know that like that, that stuff is just like ugh. They missed and, the and table. From what, I, from what I understand, like I think outside of uh, one 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 of the butcher and the blade did not get hurt. 
And then both Young Bucks were banged up because of that match. And it's like, well, they've yeah, been banged I, up I can imagine. They've been banged yeah. up for a while. So I, that's one thing I, I, I thought about, like, the you know, especially, you know, didn't Matt, Matt have like a bruised sternum or something like that or or, mm-hmm. or bruised ribs or something like that right, yeah. right before the uh, that that freaking match, that football match thing. <laughs> um, and then he's doing this those, was my number the, one those suplexes. This was my number one. Well, I was like, right off the bat, you're just... First of all, I'm you're like like you. I just saw brawling all over the ringside area. I just saw thumbtacks. And now I'm gonna see another match of just brawling. But here's the thing Cody and Eddie know how to brawl. Yep. These four don't know how to brawl. Especially the young bucks. They're just that's not their strong this is not their strong this is not their this is not their strong man. And then it opens up with them going into the back and some kitchen area and the butcher and blade are butchering meat right <laughs> off the bat i'm like this is stupid now it's just all much now it's just gaga because the young bucks have to do gaga has you know that's what they that's what their fan base likes but like you're just telling me this is not something i need to take serious you know um it just right off the like throwing meat at each other you know that was stupid so i was kind of like checked out i mean i thought at least they it got a little bit crazy at the end and some exciting you know like what's his name blade almost killed himself on that mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he did that but like god i'm glad he glad he was okay um if he hope he hope he's okay at least i'm sure his tailbone's free messed up i don't know if he even hit his head on that table i think his hand hit the table right i think he slapped the table i was i slowed it down a couple times i couldn't really tell it was so fast but but yeah i just this match was my number one dislike um I think the young bucks need to be heels for some reason, just because. I mean, that seems like it's closer to their actual personality. Well, Matt always has the look that his that Nick farted. Like when he comes, <laughs> that's why he has that. Like, you know, like he has that, like, Ugh, like, like, Ugh. like, like he's trying to be badass, but he doesn't come off badass because he looks so young and you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just. I think they'd be better, like, just annoying, goofy ass heels than than uh, their baby faces, but. Yeah, yeah. This is my number one dislike. Um, I, I I will say I didn't dislike the match. I was just kind of in the middle. Like I was like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. There were things that I I mean when you get to see the you know the finish, it's it's like it's a cool you know no matter if you if, if from a wrestling perspective or not you like that stuff like seeing this it's Hardy Boy stuff right like that stuff is always it's it's always going to be cool but. You know, I was I just seen too much of it that I was just kind of numb to it all. The best sell of the match was when Nick Jackson weird back to give like a left or a right to one of the pushing the blade, and he, he back elbows the cameraman, <laughs> and he goes oh, and like looks at the camera like oh, like like hit him in a funny bone or something like that. Like I was like oh my god, and then another funny part in that match, not funny, it was actually really bad, but like Nick Jackson's totally out of place where he need to be, so he casually in front of the camera walks. <laughs> to the side where he needs to be at to get in position to do a, I think a breakup of a fall it was like oh my god so but anyways my, my second dislike um was uh was long squash matches like why are these matches going to segments like why is you talking a- about the page match oh, the page match the MJF match like why is it going that long? Why it shouldn't? It should be one segment. I, I mean, it's just, just they, they could, they have so many people they don't even use per show that they can throw in there, 
you know, and get like, okay, my other dislike was Lance Archer's promo because I didn't understand what the hell he was saying and like it was just so stupid that he just, I'm going to go over here and destroy these guys are just, you know, picking their picking her nuts like i don't know what they're doing in that locker room like they're just sitting there just to get beat up i mean i know it was kind of cool like throwing with the guy in the ceiling but who gives a crap it just made no sense it was just stupid it was just like i'd rather have lance archer go out there and just beat some jobber guy or or you know or maybe he should have you know had a match with sunny kiss after you know sunny kiss got involved in his match maybe he could have killed sunny kiss this week or something you know like something else and then what they did and then and like I said, MGF segment with that kid, too long, two segments, no, it shouldn't be. And also, Paige's match with that guy. Paige should be killing that guy. And we should get, and then the Dark Order should come out and do stuff. Like, we were just, it was just a waste of time. And, and, and you know, like I said, you could use that time to get someone else over. And, you know, it doesn't take much. All right. Uh, I think we are done with our recap here. So just to give everyone a heads up for Monday, we will be back with the um, WCW Saturday night from, I think it's July 25th, mm-hmm. 1992. Obviously, uh, last week we didn't have the episode, so we had the Great American Bash uh, recap. And then I screwed up because I uploaded the wrong file. I, I fixed it in the morning, but for, I don't know, for 10 hours or so, the wrong file was uploaded into the feed. So what was missing was the um, the Great American Bash segment. So instead, again, I fixed it. So it's there. If you, if you hadn't listened or whatever, I think it would have refreshed. But in case it didn't, we put it up on YouTube. So if you want to go to the Fight Game Media YouTube channel, I put the entire segment up on uh on youtube for folks to just grab so they don't have to you know because sometimes with these depending on what your podcast reader is you have to delete it and then reload it and then re-download it so if it's a lot of hard that's a lot of people they they had to do that it just reloaded up and then it was fine yeah so it so you know if you didn't want to do that that's why i put it on youtube uh for everyone so uh yeah so we'll be back on monday so uh for john i'm double g we'll see you when you see you peace out